0: And welcome into the Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Salter alongside John Paulson. As always, I hope everybody had a happy Halloween. And as we draw closer to Thanksgiving, John, uh, this is when the football season really starts to get interesting. How you doing today? I'm doing all right.
1: I uh, chose not to watch last night's Thursday night game. Uh, kind of kept an eye on it, you know, the score and everything on my phone. It was interesting to see the halftime score and then the final score and then sort of look into what was happening. Um, but there's certain, I have to make business decisions at home with, with my wife and uh, the time I spent with her. And I think subjecting her to the Houston Texans for, for two and a half hours, three hours would have been a bad decision
0: yeah, i get I get the business aspect of it. Uh, we're gonna get into John's Thursday Night's thoughts, really only one that one one kind of key highlight that we want to discuss. Then we'll get into this week's biggest fantasy storylines, followed by the sleeper sneaky start of the week. And get, hand out some sneaky starts for week nine and then uh, see what John has in that breakout model. See who's popping this week. Uh, but, John, that Thursday night football game, as you'd mentioned, 14 all at halftime. Houston scored right before the half. It was a, a Chris Moore touchdown, and he's filling in for Brandon Cooks. So that's the biggest storyline, right? It's, it's Brandon Cooks. Lovey Smith did say today that Brandon Cooks would be in the building today, today being Friday. Uh, obviously he was upset because he wasn't traded at the deadline in fact he spent the entire day of the trade deadline liking any rumors of him going to another team so he was upset he shared some some of that on twitter from a fantasy perspective john the question i think is do you you hold do you hold on brandon cooks or do you just release him and and call it a day
1: yeah i mean i I, I tweeted out a a, a gif, one of my favorite gifs of uh, a karate guy getting uh, kicked in the butt or kicked in the nuts uh, over and over again. Uh, you know, you, you're you holding Cooks heading into the trade deadline, thinking that he's like one of the prime guys that's going to get moved and probably go to a better team that's in the playoff hunt. And You know, his, his tenure in Houston was really good uh, last year with Davis Mills. This year, they just haven't uh, been connecting as frequently. He's doing all right, but he's not Uh, At the level, you know, every week starter like he was last year and you go into the trade deadline, he doesn't get moved and then he's upset about it and to the point where he's not at practice and can't play on Thursday. So now you're losing another start out of him in a game where he probably would have done something uh, based on what happened with some of these other guys. I uh, got a lot of, you know, cut him, drop him, you don't want him on, you know, he's done, blah, blah, blah. But I was just kind of preached uh, in my AMA yesterday. I believe I mentioned that uh, just hold him for a week and see what happens. I don't think this is going to go completely sideways where he doesn't play football uh, anymore. Uh, you know, they could perhaps cut him if he's too much of a distraction, or more likely he'll be back. Uh, to try to like prop up his value heading into the offseason where maybe he can get moved to another team, or you know, kind of start over fresh in, in Houston next year, uh, potentially. Um, just with the game, uh, you know, sometimes I just look at these box scores and you know, looking looking for surprises. And this one kind of looks like what I would think a Houston Texans, uh, Philly, uh, Philadelphia Eagles game would look like, if. The Texans didn't have Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins. Uh, I, I bumped up Philip Dorsett and uh, Chris Moore, but not to the point where you're thinking, yeah, let's start these guys, or these guys are like true sneaky starts because you know, I just didn't know how many yards Houston would throw for. I thought they, they might even feature Rex Burkhead a little bit more in the passing game. Uh, he, that didn't happen. Maybe those tight ends would, would get something. They didn't get anything. So it really did go to these two receivers, And they were startable, uh, 4 for 43 and a touchdown for Chris Moore, 3 for 69 for Philip Dorsett in a a short week. Uh, Could have been useful. I think I had them ranked as wide receiver fives uh, this week. Damian Pierce continues to impress. I mean, you're coming in as the Eagles, and you know that they've got Pierce this week, and what else? And he still rushes for 5.1 yards per carry and 139 yards. That's really impressive. They didn't get him involved in, in the receiving game. At all, and then on the on the Philly side, you you know, from a fantasy standpoint, nice to see Miles Sanders really capitalize on a great matchup. Uh, He's not offering anything as a receiver, which is the danger with him. If he doesn't find the end zone, then you might end up with 80 or 90 yards, and that's it. Um, But you know, looking at the receiving uh, stats, Dallas Goddard goes nuts. Uh, AJ Brown has a good game, and Devonta Smith doesn't. So it's if you remember Anthony talking about the Eagles coming in, we just wondered if Jalen Hurts would throw for enough yards to support three receivers on a weekly basis. And this is a week where, you know, Smith didn't get there because Goddard got 100 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, you know, he was a disappointing. I had him ranked a little bit lower than than average. Uh, Just it's hard to trust Devonta Smith. He can go off for. 150 yards receiving or go two for 22 on two targets, which is what happened last night.
0: Yeah, I needed him in our league, John, because I, I had some buys and I got a bunch of buys and I, I had I, I was forced to play him. And yeah, but dud of a night, only two receptions. But as you mentioned, Dallas Goddard, big game. A.J. Brown with a, with a really decent game. Certainly nothing to what he had a week ago when he caught the three touchdown passes, but uh, very efficient game for the Eagles. Let's move forward here. We'll talk about some fantasy storylines. In fact, the biggest ones that are going to impact fantasy managers this week. Let's start off with Derrick Henry. He was limited Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday, but apparently it's not injury-related, John, and he'll play. The Titans have the Sunday night game. Do you see any concern for fantasy managers that have Derrick Henry? This is
1: slightly weird because, you know, when this kind of broke yesterday or, you know, when I saw the news, it was somewhat it was supposedly foot-related, and then you know, he had a little press conference saying that he was going to play, and then it came out. the official injury report came out, and uh, it said "Not injury- related." So it's just a little note. Um, we'll see what he does today. Uh, I'm not worried until he is either limited, or if he's limited today, I'm probably fine with you know him starting. If he's a, if he's a DMP today. I I would get concerned. Uh, I would think that Dontrell Hilliard is the primary, but Hassan Haskins is there. So you're probably going to see some sort of committee between the two if, excuse me, if uh, Henry had to sit. Um, But I don't, you know, I'm I'm not alarmed at this point.
0: It's more alarming if you have Jonathan Taylor on your team, because he's back-to-back DNPs. This, I mean, Jonathan Taylor... Managers have just, I mean, they've had a very frustrating year because obviously they invested a high pick in him. Uh, when it comes to his availability, what's your thoughts? And then what are your thoughts, obviously, on Deion Jackson, who would get? Uh, I would imagine our the RB one role in in Indianapolis as they take on like the Patriots.
1: You know, I watched a video of uh, I think it was Ian Rappaport this morning. Um, talking about this and it wasn't he says it could just be load management he doesn't seem like he has any inside info on how bad the the ankle is right now so it's a matter of seeing what uh, Taylor does today uh, whether or not we can count on him if he's a DNP then I would really be prepared to make um, a pivot uh, or you know find something I mean Deion Jackson is probably not available in the on the waiver wire Um, I'm looking at the wrong week uh, my schedule I was looking ahead to week 12 um, but the Colts play early which is good uh, so have a pivot ready if you are heading into Sunday wondering if he's going to be uh, ready to play and he's certainly startable if he's active but this offensive line has been the primary problem and then his own production has been the secondary problem uh, the the line is not blocking anywhere near uh, where it was last year, uh, but Deion Jackson, you know, is a good pivot in that he did really well in terms of a bell cow role when he had his opportunity early earlier this year, and uh, fairly trustworthy. I think I would, you know, I think I have Taylor right now at at fifteen, uh, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, a far cry from where he was drafted. Um, thinking that if he is playing, he's probably going to be limited somewhat, not get that ninety percent carry share that he would normally get so if he's out I would probably put Deion Jackson about 18 to 20 in that range uh, because he's likely to get that bell cow roll if
0: Taylor's out well as as we know John the Chargers have a great matchup this week against the Falcons uh, as we dog on Atlanta's defense I think every year for 10 years now uh, which really goes to show you where they they are as a, a franchise but the Chargers wide receiver group Keenan Allen suffered setback. We know Mike Williams is going to be out for several weeks, probably a month plus. That leaves Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, Gerald Everett, the tight end, and then Austin Ackler. And Austin Ackler limited, but not worrisome apparently. When you look at this group, again, it, it, is, it is a really good matchup against a depleted and not very good Atlanta uh, defense. So who do you like out of this group?
1: Yeah, I thought about moving this topic up in our in our rundown but i didn't want to start off you know the friday morning with so much just so a much instant troll troll job of, of anthony yeah. and his falcons Yes, sir. Right. um they are in yeah. first
0: place for now so
1: yeah that's true uh doing better than the packers uh so that's not saying a whole lot the uh the chargers are definitely in flux at receiver and this is an opportunity you know shallow leagues you know josh palmer might be out there very shallow leagues um deandre carter certainly could be palmer's better been better than carter but palmer hasn't been like a no-brainer start in this situation but i i did rank him fairly high you know given with six six teams on by uh you're gonna have to start looking for some guys that maybe make you a little bit uncomfortable in starting them and uh you know against your falcons obviously a fantastic matchup for palmer he would be the likely target lead in this offense and then the third guy you know we i Obviously Gerald Everett at tight end. Um, the third guy I wanted to mention is uh Michael Bandy. Now, this is probably not a name that rings a whole lot of bells. Uh, but he played the third most uh, uh snaps, I think, after these two guys. Like if you if you're assuming Keenan Allen and Mike Mike Williams are out, he's the third guy. Uh they also could go to, you know, Donald Parham uh, as a second tight end and run more 12 personnel, which is certainly possible. To to play, Palmer and Carter, and then the Everett and Parham, if they if they deem Parham to be a better guy to have on the on the uh, field than Bandy, I think Bandy, if if I'm not mistaken, is a little slot guy. So, um, if my memory serves, so Justin Herbert, a little bit of a downgrade this week, but you. You know, you 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 have to love the matchup, right? Right, Anthony?
0: Yes, absolutely. I I think we can hit that a couple more times, right? Uh, Let's talk now about, and I love I love the way that this question is phrased because it's like, why why the heck couldn't we trust Cooper Cup? But Cooper Cup did get injured last Sunday, missed practice on Wednesday. He did return to a limited practice on Thursday. So, John, can we trust that Cooper Cup will play?
1: It seems like he's on track. I mean, I think with the limited on Thursday. It, that's better than the you know the taking Wednesday and Thursday off and getting a limited on on Friday because you see that a lot right like guys really trying to make it back or teams trying to get him back and they they try the, the the major rest and then they bring him back on Friday for a limited to see how he does coming back on Thursday means he felt good enough just you know come out there on Thursday and and put some work in um, ankle sprains uh, uh, Adam Hutchinson did this great article um, it's called the four for four fantasy football injury index, how do injuries affect player performance and what he found, you know, averaging hundreds of different, uh, you know, samples, injuries, different positions, uh, high ankle sprain or not a high ankle sprain. He doesn't have a high He's a low, low ankle sprain, non-specific um, average weeks missed is 3.2. Uh, but sometimes there's uh, players that can come back the next week. If it's minor. Fantasy production change one week is minus 12.6%. Uh, so that's sort of what we're perhaps ex- expecting in his first game back is is a drop in his uh, overall production by about 12%, 13%, which is probably what I'll, where I'll put him if he's going to play on Sunday.
0: All right, we'll do our injury roundup right now. This is, well, I'll just throw a bunch of different scenarios at you, John. You can go uh, piece by piece here. The Ravens are dealing with significant injuries. What else is new? Gus Edwards did not practice on Thursday. Mark Andrews was sidelined for yesterday's practice, yesterday be, again being Thursday. Rashad Bateman, as we know, he will undergo season-ending Liz Franken surgery, so he's he's done for the year. That would open up the door for guys like Kenyon Drake, Isaiah Likely, who had a huge game last Thursday night or two Thursday nights ago. If I, was it last Thursday night? I guess the Bucs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was last Thursday. Uh, Isaiah Likely with a couple of touchdowns last week, and then Devin Duvernay. Uh, we, you know, if you want to kind of talk about Mark Andrews' injury first, because I think that leads obviously to the Isaiah Likely conversation, and then uh, what do you think of, about a guy like like Duvernay?
1: Yeah, with Bateman done for the year, that certainly like supports Duvernay as a wide receiver three, wide receiver four type spot start guy that you definitely need to have rostered uh, if he's out there on the waiver wire. Uh, Not a consistent performer, but certainly somebody that can come in and get some points as the de facto number one receiver for the Ravens. This really supports Mark Andrews' monster target share rest of season. Uh, I think in the backfield, you're looking at a start by Kenyon Drake this week with Justice Hill sprinkling in, uh, given the way Drake's been playing pretty well. Hill's been getting healthy. uh, So I think that's what you're going to see if Edwards sits. Um, And then I think with likely... You might kind of the same conversation we just had with Parham is that you know, likely is better than Parham right now in terms of fantasy, but the Ravens could decide to just run two receivers, two tight ends, and get likely out on the field 70, 80% of the snaps. And if he is, then he might work his way into the low end tight end one conversation on a weekly basis if he's seeing that sort of uh, snap share and then uh, target share uh so if andrews there's lots of moving pieces here if andrews sits uh which we'll know today whether or not he's likely to sit i think uh, based on his practice participation today he's got a shoulder and a knee injury uh but the shoulder is what knocked him out of that game uh if he sits i think likely he's in the top five or six at the position just looking at the position uh this week given six teams on bye, uh so likely should definitely be rostered right now if he's not uh, especially if you need a tight end or have any sort of tight end wo- woes in your in your leagues, uh, he's a he's a good upside guy. With with Andrew sort of struggling with injury, I think that kind of covers it. I mean, I, you know, Demarcus Robinson probably in really deep leagues is 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 probably still a better hold or play than Deshaun Jackson, who is you know mid 30s and I don't think he was active last week, so I don't know how much he's going to come in and play. He's certainly not going to be a 70 80 percent. Snap share guy, whereas Robinson is capable of, of, of running all those routes.
0: All right, we'll move forward here with the Saints injury situation. Michael Thomas, he's going to have surgery on that toe. He's going to have to go on injured reserve. His season is now over with. This, this just, I think, cements Chris Alave's um, status within that offense. I mean, he's, he's their go to guy.
1: Yeah. And I absolutely top 15 rest of season receiver. Uh, Actually ha- absolutely having a phenomenal rookie season, but this this injury to Thomas has certainly opened the door for him to see all those targets. And then Jarvis Landry was back at practice yesterday. So that's just somebody to keep an eye on. If he can get back in the fold, he's still a better player than Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway and stuff. So just you know keep an eye on Jarvis Landry. If you're in a deep league PPR format, especially, he might be worth a pickup.
0: All right. Um, let's talk about James Conner now. Do you, do you think he's back for Arizona?
1: It appears so. He's limited. Uh, last two days, I believe, and seems to be on track. He was, and another thing you look at, especially with like a rib injury, is that there he looked like he was fairly close to playing last week. And when that happens, usually the following week is the week where they where they come back. And I do think he'll come back to the lead role. Uh, you know, Benjamin might uh, continue to serve as that number two back, or might eat into it his workload a little bit more, especially if they're trying to ramp him up instead of like throwing him out there for eighty, ninety percent of the snaps. Uh, but I think Connor, especially in a short week, is is startable as an RB two in his first game back. I don't have a ton of confidence in it, but if you look at those RB rankings, it's kind of you just got to do what you can do to get somebody out there that might get 15 plus touches, and I think he's in that uh, in that category.
0: And then the Bengals, Jamar Chase, Zach Taylor, head coach, he reiterated that not putting on, not putting Chase on the IR speaks to their hopes that he will return potentially sooner than December fourth. Jeremy Rauch of Fox nineteen uh says not going on IR indicates that they think Chase can return before week 12 so you know could could we see Jamar Chase by week 11
1: yeah that's why i actually had that week 12 schedule up trying to figure out what they yep. were talking about with december 4th because it just this this whole situation i'm getting lots of questions about Jamar Chase should i trade him uh should i you know obviously you're going to hold on to him if you you know either hold him or trade him um but I think he's going to be back fairly soon. When a when a team doesn't place the player on IR with an injury like this, even though you know, the initial reports indicated he for sure should go on IR, that means they know something that we don't, and it just indicates that this is not a four week injury. They don't. They think he might be back sooner. So he may not make, make it back uh, by week uh, eleven, but they obviously felt like there was enough of a possibility that they that he would. Uh, that they didn't place him on IR. So I'm fairly optimistic about Jamar Chase rest of season, um, you know, not being a doctor, not being a physical therapist, uh, just based on what the uh, Bengals have done with him so far with this injury.
0: Chuba Hubbard of the Panthers was limited both on Wednesday and Thursday in practice. So at least he was limited. I think the big question is, after what what Dante Foreman did last week against the Falcons, John, I mean, I, I think the big question is, how much will Chuba Hubbard play and how much will he carve into Foreman's carries?
1: Yeah. So this is, you know, looking at this after 20 years of 20 plus years playing fantasy football, there's are certain like a James Conner, you can sort of come back and say, okay, he's going to, he's going to come back to his usual role, or at least 80, 70, 80% of his usual role. Uh, Chuba was starting, or, you know, quote unquote, starting for the, uh, for the Panthers before his injury, uh, but he's not the type of player with the with the resume that that Connor has, or the salary that, frankly, that you know Connor's contract is pretty hefty. So you know the Cardinals want to get some get some use out of him. Uh, so I think you know with with the way that Foreman has played, uh, we knew that he was capable of this in short stretches after the uh, nice run he had with the Titans last year. So looking at this for this week, Hubbard. I mean, this is the injury gives, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the Panthers an excuse to, uh, you, you know, just... sort of ramp Hubbard up and use him in a, in a change of pace role. So I, I, long story short, it would knock Foreman down a little bit if Hubbard is available, but I still think that he's a pretty solid start as an RB2, given, you know, everything that's going
0: on there. So, John. Speaking of running backs, Cam Akers, he did return to practice um, earlier this week, and you know he he was mentioned in trade rumors. Nothing materialized. He remains with the Rams. When you're looking at the the Rams running backs, though, what what's your overall take on this?
1: Uh, I think our producer, wonderful producer Sal, put in the do running back Rams running backs matter question uh, after this uh, segment. But the, I think they do. I mean, I think this year it's less. They matter. They matter less this year than last year, and the team's not chugging along as well. Uh, the Rams are last in the league in adjusted line yards, so the offensive line's blocking horribly compared to last year. And I think for some reason Sean McVay. I mean, I, I kind of got into a little bit with like why why does you know Sean McVay hate Daryl Henderson? And I like I don't know that he hates him. I think he's reluctant to give him 20 touches because he's a smaller guy. He's shown that he can't hold up to that sort of workload, but he's done very well in the lead role. If you're rotating him out and you're getting him 15 to 17 touches, certainly with four in the passing game that he can handle that and produce at a, from a fantasy standpoint at a low uh, end RB one, high end RB two type level. That all said he was sick last week, limited on Thursday, full on Friday. Uh, Matthew Berry tweeted out that he thought Ronnie rivers would get a long look he did uh, that was correct by matthew uh rivers got the long look didn't do anything with it uh you know i thought the full practice on friday meant that henderson was very likely uh going to be the lead back like to me watching henderson he's their best guy um i don't know why they're not you know his yards per carry this year isn't great i think it's like 3.9 but if you look at the other guys it's way it's way better so he's doing what he can with the offensive of line blocking that he's getting whereas uh, the other guys aren't doing even that well. So, you know, they're looking for quote-unquote punch out of the running game. I don't I don't need really to think they need to look any further than Henderson. So that's my I'm going to get off my soapbox. I also <laughs> own him in our keeper league. So all right, <laughs> I, I have him rostered in our keeper league, I should say. Sure. Um, so I would like him to do well. But um that all said, uh with Akers back anything could happen here. I don't, you know, we thought he was going to get traded for sure, you know, but even like, you know, like a cheap move for somebody that you wanted to take a look at him, but it didn't happen. And now they're, you know, having these behind the scenes, you know, this is a very weird situation, you know, between acres and the team. And you don't see this very often where players patch things up with the team and then get another chance. We have no idea what really happened in the, in the background probably had something to do with his usage and role and uh, maybe the coaching staff being too critical of him and his play. Uh, I think heading into the rest of the season, I still have Henderson as the highest stubbornly in rest of season rankings. But uh, like I said, that might be just stubborn stubbornness on my part.
0: Well, you're not wrong, John. I mean, if you watch him run, you're, you're absolutely right. And Sean McVay though, you know, he's not somebody that's going to stick with the run. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan, Similar guys, but they, they, Kyle Shanahan will stick with the run. He doesn't. He doesn't have to get past Happy, and I, I think that Sean McVay does. Uh, and this is coming from somebody who has not won a Super Bowl, uh, so you know, take that for, with a grain of salt. Darren Waller's our last injury guy that in our in our roundup here. I what do you what do you do with Darren Waller? I mean, this is another situation where you think that you grab you grab you grab him and think, all right, I'm set now at tight end. I've got one of the five tight ends that could. Could be decent this year, and instead, Darren Waller has not been healthy. Do you think he plays this weekend? And you think, more importantly, does he get does he get back on track?
1: Well, Darren Waller sort of feels like the Keenan Allen of tight ends right now, in that just can't get this hamstring healthy. Uh, if he's out there, I mean, if you look at his target chairs, yard chairs, re- reception chairs, he has not performed at the level anywhere near the level that we are used to with him. I think that was certainly my concern heading into the year it, that you're adding Devonte Adams to this offense. The pie is going to have to grow significantly to support Waller, Renfro, Adams, uh, you know, certainly Renfro is going to take a step back uh regardless. But, you know, you you're looking at this like can can Derek Carr support a wide receiver one in Devontae Adams and a you know a top five tight end in Darren Waller. And I think we've seen that the answer is no. Uh, the passing game is not prolific enough uh, in games that Waller does play. It seems like Devontae Adams gets a lot of targets. Waller's targets aren't there. His yardage share is not there. He's not playing that great in terms of his per-target production compared to years past. So tight end position is such that you might be stuck with him and you're looking at your options and you're looking at Waller versus a Tyler Conklin or a Tanyan or something, and you're trying to decide. I, I would sort of determine it based on the over the weekend reports. If he's full today, then that's a pretty good sign that he's going to play a lot. Uh, you know, If they say that he's going to be limited uh, heading into Sunday, then I probably would stream uh, a tight end that's going to play 70 80% of the snaps because you just need to get – You know, if, if the player's not out there, he can't score fantasy points for you.
0: So you've heard John and I mention a couple of times now that we use, that that we, have, that we play in a league together, and it is run by Sleeper, and Sleeper is one of the fastest growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. You can use it uh, to replace any of the leagues that you become frustrated with, and, and tr- trust us on this, Sleeper is fantastic. We've been using it now for our league over the last couple of years. I love the app, love the website, it's easy to use. And, um, you know, there's a learning curve with anything, but once, once the learning curve is done again, you'll absolutely love it. So head to sleeper.com or download the latest app today. In fact, do both. So John, without further ado, it's time for the sleeper sneaky start of the week. And this is somebody that kind of got lost in the mix when Brian, Brian Robinson came back from his gunshot injury and Antonio Gibson has just, he's kind of just truck the longer had another touchdown last week. Washington continues to to use Antonio Gibson and he is your sleeper sneaky start of the week.
1: And, and props to Antonio Gibson for just putting his head down and playing football uh, and not requesting a trade or getting disgruntled. Cause he could have e- easily gotten, you know, turned into a locker room cancer if he wanted to uh, because he's being demoted, you know, and really hadn't been outplayed on the field to earn that demotion, I guess is, what I'm getting at. So Robinson has not, you know, props to him also for coming back from getting shot. Like that's amazing, but he's averaging 3.2 yards per carry. I think they were expecting more uh, from him. Uh, Gibson has uh, been a little bit better. 3.7 JD McKissick, 4.3. I like to look at those different running backs because you're trying to determine if it's a, you know, offensive line problem or if it's a running back problem, specific running back problem, but Gibson has been, Really good the last two weeks. Uh, I believe he drew the start last week, uh, which was interesting because Robinson had been starting, uh, but he's found found the end zone back to back games. Uh, he's had touch counts of thirteen and fourteen in that span, and I think the key, the reason I wanted to, like there was a few different guys that we could have talked about in this spot, but the reason I wanted to mention Gibson is I just wanted to bring the attention that J.D. McKissick, his injury, he's got a neck injury, didn't did not make practice uh wednesday or thursday i believe so if he's out all those routes are up for grabs and it's far more likely that gibson gets those than robinson robinson's okay he caught a pass i think against the packers he looked okay doing it but gibson obviously a former receiver has really good pass catching chops if mckissick is out then i think gibson moves up like into the middle of the rb2 ranks uh due to that you know he'll have a 10 to 15 carry roll plus uh another four or five catches so that's that's my sleeper sneaky start of the week
0: (laughs) he almost got you now all right the sneaky starts let's go over these quarterback we'll give out a running back and uh actually we'll give out a wide receiver and then we'll give out a tight end and you can you can go to 444.com to see the entire list we always talk about this john gives a more comprehensive look more, more sneaky starts at each position. This is this is just the appetizer. But uh, Aaron Rodgers cracks the list. And it's amazing, John, for a couple of reasons. One, that he that he's considered a sneaky start. Uh, and two, with the way that he has played, that we're even talking about him at this point. And it's not necessarily all him, as, as you know, as a Packer fan, John. Uh, there's a combination of things going on with that Packers offense. But Aaron Rodgers, nonetheless, has a great matchup against Detroit
1: yeah rogers is it was funny to see him and i was like well i gotta put him in here uh because of where he's being ranked and where he's kind of produced and he's his season's been funny as we know but you know if you look at week two if you just ignore that vikings game let's just all pretend that didn't happen he's been a borderline qb1 fantasy wise even with the way that this offense is not chugging along uh so if you if you include the vikings game then he's down like qb 18 something qb 20 uh however so over the last you know people are just like fascinated with getting qb1 starts out of guys whatever but he's been pretty consistently uh a low-end qb1 high-end qb2 uh usually gets two touchdowns a, a game um hasn't been had big yardage uh now he's getting alan lazard back though uh, it appears he's got a shoulder injury. He, he's back at practice this week. It appears that he's going to play. Um, he's going. You know, last time we saw him, he played against the Bills. Did you know? From a fantasy standpoint, did okay. Uh, threw a couple touchdown passes, uh, one to Dobbs, and so Dobbs is kind of getting going a, a little bit again. And the, I think the big thing here, obviously, is the matchup against uh, not your Lions. We're, you're not. You're not a Lions fan. Uh, but the Lions are 30th in adjusted fantasy. I just want to point out that we, we do talk about <laughs> other teams in terms of yeah. great matchups. The the Lions are 30th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Um, they've allowed an average of 277 yards passing, 1.71 touchdowns, 8.39 yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. So I think the interesting thing here will be whether or not the, the defense shows up at all. I mean, this there's, there, is there any team in the history of time that needs a win more than the Packers do this week? I mean, they Probably are. The un- they're, yeah, they're. I mean, the lions. You know, they, they, they <laughs> have to beat the. They have to beat the yeah. lions this week. So if they don't show up, if the defense has some sort of uninspired effort, and the lions are able to put up some points, uh, then this could get into kind of a, a low key shootout. Uh, I would expect the Packers to really bring it, but I don't feel like they should be favored on the road or really favored at home at this point. Watching them play, uh, but I do think that he will have. uh a good uh, fantasy outing this week. I think certainly in uh, DFS as well. I think he's an interesting stack with Lazard and or
0: Dobbs. Yeah, it's interesting. You're you're right in terms of teams that you still like on the fringe of okay. I I still I still believe in you because you have Aaron Rodgers, but you got to win this one. If you don't, then we're it's not worth talking about anymore.
1: Oh, and I should just mention Aaron Jones in the stack, too, in DFS. Like, we forget about him sometimes as a, a running back, but he's obviously kind of half receiver right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'd, I'd probably choose him over, uh, you know, Alan Lazard at this point. But I understand your, your point when you're stacking him. Khalif Raymond, you list as a sneaky start. Same game. Uh, and then or, – or Josh Reynolds. I mean, it could could go either way. And I think Josh Reynolds – I forgot what uh, was he was he in the breakout receiver model last week or maybe Josh? No, you know what he was in your sneaky starts last week, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think
1: he is dealing with his knee injury, and the reason the reason Raymond is in this space right now, or like in this like the sneaky start possibility, because Cleef Raymond is not a name that we would normally trust in this situation, is that the Lions have so many injuries at receiver. Uh, DJ Chark is out. Uh, Ray, uh, Reynolds was not at practice. I don't think Wednesday or Thursday. So waiting to see what he does on Friday. He dropped uh, Reynolds dropped a touchdown last week. Um, should should have scored. Uh, but Raymond has had a pretty good little run here for him. Uh, he's gained 41 45 95 and seventy six yards in the last four games. Um, T.J. Hawkinson's been traded away, so it's just kind of if, if Reynolds is out, it's kind of down to St. Brown um, Raymond and Deandre Swift, uh, you know, and maybe they get some tight end production. Um, but, and this is a bad matchup. So like the, the Packers are fourth and just a fancy points allowed to receivers. So this is a desperation type dart throw. He's not like, um, a confident start, but given the, given the situation and the amount of routes he's probably going to run, uh, and likely game script, um, he, he's, he's a sneaky start this week.
0: All right, one more. Well, let's end on a tight end. And, and it's actually two tight ends Noah Fan. I'm imagining, John, Noah Fan or Will Disley, the tight ends against Arizona, since as you can see from the graphic, Arizona not great against tight ends this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't want to start both of these guys. Uh, but I'm, what I'm keeping my eye on is Fant's, uh, I think it's a hamstring. Uh, if he's out, then Will Disley is going to be a, a really sneaky start. Uh, if Fant plays, you know, he's been trending up. Uh, he's been in that 70% uh, snap share, I think, the last couple of weeks, getting a little bit more involved. And this is a fantastic matchup. The, the Cardinals have been bad against tight ends for several years now and continue to be bad against uh, tight ends. Uh, Fant, uh, 6 for 45 on 7 targets uh, against the Cardinals back in week 6. So especially in a PPR format, he's, he's a guy that could you know, get you to 10, get you to 12. Uh, which is what you're looking for in a sneaky start.
0: All right, let's wrap things up with our breakout receiver model. Had a couple of hits last week. You had Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper, Evan Ingram, who we'll caught a touchdown pass in London, could add another touchdown pass too at one point. DJ Moore, of course, had the big game. Uh, Romeo Dobbs finally, to one one week later, right? One one week later after you, you had him as the sleeper sneaky start of the week, uh, Romeo Dobbs goes off among others. So who's popping this week, John?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at that buccaneers offense uh both are mike evans is the number one receiver he's underperforming in the model he's underperforming by 4.9 fantasy points and whenever there's a player of his caliber this type of caliber this high in the model it's very interesting uh it's you know kind of eye-opening i think we had jamar chase in that situation and then he had two touchdowns uh so definitely mike evans uh Chris Godwin is coming in seventh. Uh, he's definitely due for a touchdown. The, we got into a little bit a, in the AMA that, you know, are these, are these guys going to, you know, Godwin, is he going to catch touchdowns? He's not, he's, his touchdown rate's really low. If you look at Brady, Tom Brady, his career touchdown rate's much higher. It's twice of what he's doing right now. He's only got, what, nine touchdowns in eight games. I would expect them to get the ship right a little bit to where he's averaging 1.5 you know, 1.7 touchdowns per game. They're throwing the, the ball enough that he should be throwing for two touchdowns per game. So things have been just a little off. And I think if, you know, you're looking at Brady, you're looking at Evans, you're looking at Godwin. These are really three really good players that should get on the same page at some point. So that's definitely one. Uh, Dobbs is popping in the model again because he, you know, so underperformed his usage, even with the good game last week. Uh, so certainly, you know, he's minus five on his difference differential between his expected and uh, his actual. And now you're throwing in a great matchup against the lions. I still think he could break out further uh, and Devonte Adams. So another, we talked about good players that are popping in the model, you know, he's minus 2.8 and his differential uh, expected 10. He's been scoring 7.2 and a half PPR his P10 efficiency, which is, the number that we include in the model to look at uh, the 10 weeks prior to the three week span that we look at for the model is 160. So whatever you expect from Devonte Adams, he tends to score 1.6 times that. And right now he's been underperforming uh, based on what's been going on the last few weeks. So I would expect him uh, to get it going against Jacksonville as well. And uh, finally, at tight end, Pat freermuth They're on bye this week, though, right? The the Steelers or are they playing?
0: No, the Steelers are on bye.
1: Okay, so let's not talk about Pat freermuth coming out <laughs> of the bye. Coming out of the bye, I would expect Pat freermuth right. to go off.
0: Yeah, uh, great stuff. As always, John. You can follow John on Twitter. You can check out the uh, at four 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 underscore John Twitter handle right there. There, depending on where my finger is, at Anthony Stalter, and then of course you can follow us. Uh, on 444 or at, at 444 on Twitter as well. So when you look at um, your 444.com subscription, you'll see uh, outstanding rankings by John, sneaky start articles. We got DFS stuff, betting stuff. I mean, we got the content is great at 444.com. So you want to make sure that you, that you hop on. If you've been on the fence at all, make sure you take advantage because the I think the price, the price is, is, um, is down,
1: correct? Yes, we, we, we had a Halloween sale uh, last week and then now the prices are even lower for the rest of season. So a great time to jump on if you want to check out the site. Absolutely.
0: Everybody, good luck this weekend in your games. We appreciate you watching and and, and or listening and we'll be back next Friday on the most accurate podcast.